Startup Life Hacks, episode eight. No way. Like, you, you work for Order Up? And I was like, well, no, I started it. And he just, like, <laughs> lost it. And he was like, that is the coolest thing ever. He's like, I live out by, like, San Diego State. I use you guys all the time. And Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What up, Hacker Nation? This is Romel Cabal, your favorite host. And I am excited to introduce you to my next guest, who has taken convenience in San Diego to a whole new level. Ever came home from a grueling day at class or work, then all of a sudden fell victim to the couch and became too lazy to even feed yourself? Well, you're in for a treat because this entrepreneur has made it possible for you to binge on your favorite restaurant and Netflix without leaving the comfort of your own home. But before we introduce our next guest, I'd like to tell you how exactly we met. I was walking to my car with a buddy of mine after class, and this was during the first couple of weeks of the semester, and there were a lot of vendors outside. There was one that caught my eye, order up. I've never used it before since I was always on the go and I had my meal preps ready to eat, but my friend kept raving about how awesome the delivery service was, so I walked up to them and checked it out. There was a lady in front of the booth, and I began asking her questions about the company. What do they do? How long have they been in business? She explained that it was a franchise business and that they had recently opened the business in San Diego just a little over a year ago. I then asked, are you the founder of this business? Of course I asked as politely. She said, no, but I can get in touch with my husband. This lady was actually the wife of the San Diego owner of Order Up. We exchanged emails and I got in contact with our guest, Andrew Koopman. So here's a quick tip. You never get a second chance at a first impression. Always be at your best and bring your A-game. So without further ado, welcome to the mic, Andrew Koopman. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Um, I started Order Up here in San Diego in uh, February of 2013, so a little over a year now. Um, As you kind of already mentioned, you know, it's just bringing that convenience to a lot of the local restaurants around San Diego that... Um, people just don't want to drive to or get out of bed or get off that couch. Um, you know, we love to partner up with Netflix, whether they know it or not. So (laughs) (laughs) indirect partnership. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, we have an app, uh, website as well. It's a flat three 99 delivery fee for any, for most of our restaurants. Some of the ones a little further away are uh, four 99 delivery fee, but, um, yeah, average delivery time about 30 minutes uh, from the time you place the order to the time the food's at your uh, your door. And the goal is just to make your lives easier, uh, not have to cook anymore. And I'm sure, you know, everyone complains about the same old food on campus. So trying to kind of bridge that gap from you having to leave your house or just too busy to get out and grab some food. <laughs> awesome. So here at Startup Life Hacks, we concentrate on the journey of the entrepreneur. Each person has their own unique path that brought them to where they are at today. So let's begin by asking, what was your upbringing like? What was your professional and personal history that made you perfect for what you're doing right now? 
Yeah, I, I don't really have any sob stories or anything for you, you know. <laughs> I mean, I uh, grew up a uh, pretty normal family, uh, younger brother, younger sister. Uh, my dad owned a small business, uh, recycled metal. Um, I, I, you know, from an early age on, I kind of knew I always had a passion for business, the stock market. Um, I was always impressed by people that had tons of money and how they achieved it and different things like that. Um, I started, I don't know if you guys remember, but like way back in the day, beanie babies were like a huge beanie craze. Beanie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, can, who can forget about the beanie yeah. babies? Um, collectibles. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that was also right around the time, like eBay was just kind of starting to blow up. And, um, I, I guess that would really kind of be the first company I ever started, even though it wasn't really technically a business, but I used to do a lot of research and I was, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years old, maybe at that time. And, um, used to know what the hot beanie babies were and try and buy them on eBay and then sell them for more. And, um, I don't know, you know, I don't even know if I ended up making any money at it, but like, that was kind of my first interest into the business world. I just always knew I wanted to do my own thing one day. And, um, I'd say that's kind of what's led me up to this point today. Went to the school, uh, went to university of Colorado at Boulder, did a five-year, I was originally in finance. Um, I did uh, internships in wealth management through uh, Wachovia before they were acquired. But kind of last minute, just took a left turn and kind of realized I was more of a passion for me, really, than uh, like a, a job, I would say. And ended up going into accounting, which I know this is going to probably put a lot of your listeners to sleep. But <laughs> honestly, my goal was never really to be in accounting, but more to work on the financial side and my uncle was a CPA and, you know, they work with tons of small business owners and he, it was actually his advice to, to go into a CPA. And I did it for about five years out of college up in Carlsbad. And on a daily basis, man, I just worked with small business owners, guys, uh, startups like myself, restaurants. Our biggest client back then was actually Stone, which was pretty cool. Uh, you know, everyone likes to, oh yeah, yeah, everyone I love likes Stone Stone. yeah exactly. <laughs> so, you know, even like Legoland, but you know, it really, my experience came with working with the small business owners and seeing the successes and the failures and really ingraining myself in their culture and seeing what's working for them and what's not. I told myself I was going to give myself a five-year plan before I tried to do something on my own. Um, and that's kind of what's led me here today. Cool. So was there a mentor throughout this whole process that you've had or someone that you kind of looked up to? You know, I never really did have like that one guy where I was like, I want to be him or be like him. I really wish I could tell you that, but it just seems like it changes all the time. You know, I mean, growing up, I was really into sports and, you know, uh, as soon as the guy gets traded away from your favorite team, it's like you no longer care about him. Um, <laughs> you know, you kind of hope he does very poorly. So you know, I mean, I've always been, like I've mentioned before, I was always kind of into the stock market. So, you know, Warren Buffett is, you know, a pretty easy guy to go to. Um, he's always impressed me with the way he can look at a company and just value it and 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 see, really just see profitability in it while, where no one else does. And it's just an amazing uh, attribute that he has. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, I don't have that one guy, but there's just anybody that has like built success for themselves and um, kind of taken something from what it is to really take it to that next level. That's that's kind of what I want to do with Order Up. Mm -hmm. So what are your favorite hobbies besides business to 
kind of keep your stress levels like at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my stress levels have never been at a minimum since starting this. Um, <laughs> Especially this week. We're oh, man. Yeah. Uh, we just launched Pacific Beach. So yeah, my stress levels that are pretty much an all time high. But um, yeah, things have been great with that. And things have been great with order up. I really can't complain too much. But yeah, when I do have time to get away, I used to love to surf. Unfortunately, you know, I just, I don't get out as much as I used to. It's the best way to, uh, I'd say I've never been into yoga, but from what everyone tells me about yoga, that is probably about as close as you can to like that Zen, I guess people would say, Mm -hmm. just being out in the ocean and nothing else really matters. You know, I love to play golf, but again, I wish I got out as much as uh, (laughs) I wish I could get out more. And traveling. I love to travel. I've been all over the world. My wife is, um, she's a great companion for that. And we have several friends that love to travel as well. And, you know, I, my goal is to get to a point where we can really cross off more of that off our list. Um, there's still a lot of places we haven't been yet that we really want to go to. And I, I just love experiencing and embracing other cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has such a bad perception of America for the most part. I mean, you know, you, you meet a lot of people out there that, you know, love America and whatnot. But like, I love to reciprocate back to them and, you know, get to know them and not be some arrogant guy, <laughs> I guess, in their country. So I love that. I love traveling. And it's really something you have to schedule. I mean, you have to schedule, you know, the trips, the, all the hobbies that you feel surfing. Because if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing I've learned too is anytime I make a schedule, it changes every second. Something always comes up. And that's one of the exciting parts of a, you know, of a tech company and a startup business as well. Um, You know, it's exciting, but it's stressful and things always happen and you've got to be on top of your game and you've got to be willing to adapt and willing to address the issues or things will fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So we are now going to concentrate on how this business got started, and maybe some of the listeners can use the same tactics if they decide to go into franchising. So what strategies did you use to fund your franchise? To fund the franchises, I was actually, I kind of got lucky on some things. I had a family friend, I had some cash saved away, nothing exciting that I had invested in a bingo machine company, actually, that was (laughs) uh, super random. Um... That actually paid like a huge uh, return and that was very exciting. It was like on, you know, picked up by major cruise lines as well as places all over the country. And um, I kind of used that money, uh, borrowed some money from some family and friends that, you know, kind of fortunately was able to pay back to them. And, you know, it started out as a very small budget startup company. And then, uh, you know, fortunately, people have really taken on order up and, have embraced it well around San Diego State and PB's off to a great start and it's really allowed us to scale it at a much faster rate. Mm-hmm. Now tell me more about this bingo machine. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little <laughs> interested about that. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't really know too much. I mean, you know, it's a family friend reached out, had some money saved away and, you know, he said he basically knew a guy that was building these bingo machines and, um, was very confident he had a contract already lined up so obviously you never want to say anything's a sure thing of course but i mean you know lo and behold it uh it paid out well and he was right and i think it was better than even he expected and again we're not talking about like millions of dollars i mean you know i think i had like you know five grand saved and you know 
paid some back, but yeah. And that was, uh, that was pretty much about it. Um, with the bingo <laughs> machine, I wasn't really involved or anything. It was just it's kind of like a little project. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Fun to see the reports and just kind of fun to see it grow, even though I wasn't part of it, but, um, yeah, bingo. <laughs> so when you started order up in san diego did you have any partners um starting it up or i did not um everything was completely done on my own really didn't know what i was getting into too much i did a ton of research on the industry as well as san diego itself and no kind of just dove right in gave myself about eight months to prep before launch and really make sure this was something i wanted to do got to do your research. You know, you got to know what you're getting into. And I spoke with a lot of other market owners around the country and, you know, visited them, kind of saw it in action. Uh, out in Boulder, Colorado, one of the licensees was a, uh, uh, he had started a company called Hungry Buffs, which is powered by Order Up. Back then you could, yeah, I mean, you could call it whatever you wanted. And I just chose to stay with the name Order Up. But uh, Hungry Buffs out there was just starting to take off and yeah, I loved what he was doing out there and kind of wanted to bring that to San Diego. All right. So we wanted to give our listeners a chance to to get into your life. <laughs> <laughs> but what was your worst entrepreneur moment and the lessons that you learned from that? Oh, man, I starting out, you know, I didn't have the budget to really hire somebody full time. I really wanted to put most of it into marketing as much as possible. And you know, the thing really order up just kind of took off in the beginning and I needed help immediately. So I actually asked my sister to help me out. She had just graduated college. She had no experience whatsoever. And I, I would say my biggest uh, entrepreneurial, like probably the worst moment I had was probably working with her. Not that she did a bad job. It's just mixing family and business. It just didn't work you know, and it, it strained our relationship in the beginning. And I mean, we're better than ever today, but it just got to a point where, you know, we were just at each other's throats. And, you know, when it's family, it's a lot different than an employee. You know, I mean, you're not mm -hmm. afraid to say some things that you probably shouldn't say. And I, it just, it was not a good fit for the two of us. So, you know, fortunately, like I said, everything's worked out today, but that was definitely a setback. Now, have you read the book, The Founder's Dilemma? I have not. It basically explains what you're going through when you're, um, even if you have like a spouse as okay. a as a founder or, or your mm -hmm. family member. Which is funny because um, my wife actually works with me, I'll say. But, you know, the company in the state that it's in today is much different than it was, you know, three weeks in when I first launched back in February of, you know, 2014. And, you know, she handles all the operations at San Diego State. So one of the things I have found is really defining that role for different people. We actually, we don't even see each other throughout the day. You know, we communicate through text and email and we'll call each other here and there. But, you know, she has her duties, her responsibilities, and she is just absolutely phenomenal at what she's doing. And I'm pretty much focused over with my uh, PB team and you know, we, we actually love it. So, you know, it's, it, it, if it's a fit and it's working out well, then great. But yeah, I mean, I, I gotta tell you, if it's not working, it's not worth it. My dad and my uncle, you know, really strained their relationship. They owned a business together and 
you know, it's not for everyone to, to work with your family. Mm -hmm. Now we talked about your worst entrepreneur moment. <laughs> now talk about a great success you had as an entrepreneur. Oh man. Um, honestly, watching PB launch was very exciting. Kind of, you know, expanding order up into San Diego and really seeing the reception that it, it had from the very get go. I was kind of shocked by how many restaurants had already heard about us over at, at, at PB, even though we've never marketed out there, how many customers had heard from us and, or heard of us and were very eager to get it. You know, I think it, it's, it's just a very rewarding experience when people start to really know your, your company. Randomly, I was in Point Loma the other day picking up a printer at a Staples and I had an, an order up t-shirt on and a guy came up to me and he's like, no way, like you, you work for order up. And I was like, well, no, I started it. And he just like <laughs> lost it. And he was like, that is the coolest thing ever. He's like, I live out by like San Diego State. I use you guys all the time. And, you know, when when you have those people that just that really embrace it and and see the value in it, it's it's such a rewarding feeling and there's nothing better i mean you know hitting a couple hundred orders a day is great for like dollar value and it's a great quantitative number but nothing will top the feeling of seeing the 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 happiness on your mm -hmm. customer's face mm -hmm. so. little did you know he just talked to the owner of the san diego channel. right yeah <laughs> that's crazy so what do you see your vision for order up the next five years yeah, I mean, five years is a long time. Um, I've come to realize that very fast. And our goal is to be in every neighborhood in San Diego by five years. Absolutely. We want to be the the premier online ordering site for all of San Diego and have thousands and thousands of restaurants uh, across San Diego. And we just want to be a household name. We believe very strongly in our product and our service. And we believe we do it better than anyone else out there. And uh, that's part of being the local ownership and local teams in each market that nobody else is doing. And yeah, I mean, just the household name. Okay. We're going to have a little bit of fun right now. We're going to be entering Love the it. favorite round, my superhero round. So I'm a huge fan of the superheroes. Uh, we all imagine what it would be like to gain these incredible powers <laughs> and the types of things, I mean, hopefully good things we would do if we had them. So what is your entrepreneurship power? In other words, what is your greatest strength? Well, I can fly. That's why our average delivery times are very fast. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you guys realize that, but no, I, oh man, my greatest strength is I think my understanding of the financial aspect that goes on with a business. Um, again, I know it's not the most exciting thing, but Truthfully, it is one of the most important factors in a startup business is understanding cash flow and understanding budgeting and, and projections and analysis. And, you know, you can have the best ideas, the best product, the best service in the world. But if you don't know how to execute, you know, you, it, 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 it's probably not going to work. You know, it's a very important aspect of the business. So finding people that are better than me at certain things as well. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm the best marketer out there. Um, I've hired some amazing people that just kill it. You know, they're, they're born and bred to get out there and talk to people. And, you know, they, they are huge factors in the success of this company. You know, our ops managers, you know, they're great at leading a team. You've got to have great drivers. You got to have responsible drivers and, 
you know, I feel like I've got a very good understanding of how a business can and should be run. Now, what is your kryptonite? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stress. I uh, have a tendency, I would say, to think that people know what I know. And so sometimes with communication, I, I feel like I need to be better at teaching people and explaining things. I kind of just assume, hey, you're new. Like, why don't you know what I know? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how come you don't have a year and a half of experience like I do? You know, I mean, it's just the tendency for people to be on my level. And that's not fair. It's not fair to them. Um um, I get stressed out a lot, you know, there's always something going on. And, you know, even when there's great things happening, you know, I mean, order ups in a great state right now. And, you know, I just I have a tendency to overthink things and really care too much almost, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> if you can have any superpower, what would it be? And why? And you can't say flying because we know you could already fly. <laughs> okay, well, since I can already fly. Oh man, my, I would read people's minds. That would be kind of interesting, right? Um, You know, we do so much sales and marketing and it's kind of like, hey, we want to tell you about order up, whether it's a a restaurant we're trying to sign up or, you know, going out and speaking to customers and just being able to to know what they think. Um, One of the hardest things that we deal with is when we, when when you're dealing with such a, like a high volume is we want to know people's feelings towards us. You know, I mean, we want to know what can we do better for you? We are a customer service based company and that is our number one priority. And it's very, very difficult sometimes to communicate with people that when the small things go wrong, that could prevent them from a great experience. And, you know, they're not necessarily willing to, you know, pick up the phone or email or, or, or tell us, you know, and so just being able to, to know those things, it, 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 <laughs> It eats me alive at night sometimes. And then there's nothing worse than when you run into somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, I ordered, you know, six months ago and this happened. And you're just like, ah, if you just told me we would have like been able to resolve that with you. Like, I want you to experience what so many others have experienced, you know, and that's the hard part. It really is. But so I'd say being able to read people's minds not in a creepy way guys not yeah. in a creepy way <laughs> no do you remember back in the day when we used to have those mood rings that oh, change colors course. depending yeah. on what mood you're in yeah yeah maybe you could have one <laughs> reads people's minds yeah just go on and i just put it on people's fingers and i'm just like oh, okay good yeah it's either yeah, like it has really like good or really LED bad yeah it describes what you're feeling <laughs> yeah so we're now entering the final questions of the interview and these are really the tools that you recommend that would really help our listeners rise to their feet and get started so let's begin with share an internet resource or app that you use daily and would recommend to our listeners. Um, I use Google Analytics a lot. I mean, we're a tech company. So from a tech standpoint, data taking a data approach is extremely important. It is truly the backbone of anything. I would say in most companies, but for us, we have a lot of internal stuff that we've built kind of in our back end that is not necessarily for everyone, I guess, but, you know, really finding those resources that, that, you know, and can understand what is happening with your business. And an example, I guess, would be is, is the traffic on the website? Uh, How many new users are we acquiring? You know, really taking this data approach, because you can spend all the money in the world. But if you don't know your customer base, or your user base, or where you're getting orders from, 
you know, how do you how do you transition your marketing to grow and to make yourself better? So at least from a tech standpoint, I would say, you know, Google Analytics has been a huge uh, factor for us and really just a lot of our internal things. Besides that, I use because we're a delivery company. I mean, Maps, <laughs> I mean, is a huge uh, app. And uh, I love Uber. I do. I love grabbing beers and not having to worry about driving. And I guess that doesn't really help with the business. But um, well, what about a traffic yeah. finder? You know, not really. I mean, a lot of that is because our delivery zones are kind of unique to their market. Um, a lot of it is the ops manager really uh, understanding the patterns. And, you know, on a SCSU basketball game, if we need to close off some of our delivery zones to not deliver around the stadium, I mean, it's things that, you know, they need to be on top of. So name one book that you could recommend to our listeners. I was trying to think about this and now I'm drawing a blank. I... um Ah, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I, I have this book at home. I'll, I'll make sure I get it over to you. But um, honestly, it's it's stuff like this. It was written a few years ago, really before podcasts kind of have taken off. But it's a bunch of short stories, you know, anywhere from three pages to uh, 15 pages. And it's, it's just question and it, it, it's just dialogue uh, back and forth from execs from all Every type of company out there, um, CEOs, CTOs, CFOs, uh, startup business owners like myself, and um, it's the same type of thing. It's really just the the all the good and the bad that have come along with it and all the advice that they can give people. And there's just some amazing stories in there that I've really taken to heart and I kind of live by, you know, some of my, there's some mottos in there. I, I can't recite them word for word, but I mean, it just, the definition behind it and the meaning behind it are really what has driven me to push harder. What would you dare to dream if you knew that you could not fail? I would say, uh, you know, professional surfer. Um, if I knew <laughs> like I just could go for it and I knew I was going to be on the tour, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite passions. And I mean, these guys are traveling the world to the most exotic places. And it's not so mainstream to the point where I've never been a guy that, you know, strives for attention or wants attention. In fact, I actually kind of get a little uncomfortable with too much attention. But, you know, I, that's why I say I don't want to be like, a you know, the best athlete in the world and be in the limelight 24-7. You know, these guys make a great income and they're living the dream and um i would love something like that you know did you see that video of the guy i believe he's in a, a surf competition and uh -huh. he punched a shark in the nose or something yeah mick fanning yeah, yeah. it's crazy yeah i uh i actually spent uh, a month out in south africa which is um you know australia south africa hawaii are kind of like the shark capitals of the world and um it's pretty eerie out there for sure you know they have shark nets and whatnot but I mean, you see them, they're there, you know, you're in their <laughs> world, but that was a pretty wild video. And it's one of the main reasons why you don't want to be out there with by yourself or even with just one other guy, you kind of yeah. want to stick to those <laughs> crowds and hope you're, you know, you've got safety in numbers, but yeah, yeah it's a pretty crazy video, man. And here in the entrepreneur world, I mean, we have different types of sharks, so I'm sure <laughs> you've seen those types of sharks. Oh, I've seen them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So knowing what you know now, what is one advice that you could tell all listeners who are struggling to make that leap into entrepreneurship? 
Yeah, this was uh, this was a a big thing for me. You know, I I took about eight months to really make that decision of going from that steady paycheck, making you know decent money for being twenty three, twenty four years old, and I I just you got to You got to just go for it. Um, you got to do your research. I was scared out of my mind when I knew I was going to make that, that transition. And, um, you know, even walking into the partner of the firm's office and telling him that was the easy part. Uh, you know, he's one of my really good friends still to this day, but yeah, all of a sudden you're on your own. You got to make it happen for yourself. And my, my, my recommendation is do your research, you know, know what you're getting into. I spent a lot of time researching the, the business and, the profitability of it and really understanding from a financial aspect of how much money you need to make it work, you know, projecting things out. You got to have a game plan. You know, you can, you can truly have the best idea in the world, but if you do not execute well, you you can watch it all go away. And um, even working as a CPA back in the day, I mean, we worked with a couple restaurants I can think of that, you know, we had, they had amazing food and really cool atmospheres and they just didn't know how to budget or, or really run a business. And, you know, all of a sudden their money's gone and they're like, what happened? You know, and they had to shut down a couple months later and you, you hate seeing stuff like that. So, you know, really do your research, uh, speak with people that have done it before. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with and, and spoken to. I love communicating with other people. I love picking up the phone and, and talking to other business owners and, and picking their brain. And it's just going to make you better. The one thing, you know, is you got to realize you don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Um, and talking to people who've been through it and done it and experience is something you just cannot buy. So I would say do your research and and go for it. Don't be scared to go for it. So how do we follow you? What if we want to get to know more about Andrew Koopman? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my address is um, – no, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, I, I'd say if you want to follow, you know, order up. We've got uh, our social media platforms across the board, um, both at San Diego State and in Pacific Beach. And – I have personal accounts as well, just Andrew Koopman. And um, yeah, it's a great way to stay in touch and see the the great things we've got going on. We're always launching new restaurants. Uh, Woodstocks just went live today. That's an exciting Uh-oh. one to work with. Uh, Dirty Birds is coming. So it's always, <laughs> I don't know if you know Dirty Birds. Um, it's coming to San Diego State, best wings in town. But yeah, I mean, it's always a good way uh, through social media to kind of see what's happening. You know, we... We like to push the edge a little bit. It's not some boring thing. We've got great food pictures, but, um, you know, maybe some things that are a little edgy as well. So try to keep it fun and interesting. Cool. So uh, thank you, Andrew, for being a guest on my show. Absolutely. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Hacks, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneurial journey, that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. Stay positive and keep grinding. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. To see how to get in touch with Andrew as well as the resources he suggested, navigate over to our show notes page at startuplifehacks.com slash Andrew Koopman. But before we close, I'd like to go over some key takeaways and lessons learned from this interview. 
I wanted to point out a quote that I recently came across. It's a little ridiculous and silly, but it resonates with me well. It's from the movie Pain and Gain, which stars Mark Wahlberg and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The character Mark plays is a struggling bodybuilder who is seeking to find meaning in his life. He attends a seminar and the keynote speaker utters the words, Don't be a donter. Do be a doer. Now our guest Andrew saw the opportunity that San Diego was lacking and he took action. It didn't matter how he was going to get the money to get there. All he wanted to do was serve his customers. In an interesting way, he found refuge from a bingo machine. Let me know what you think about this comment, what it means to you. Don't forget to rate and review. And I'd also like to extend my invite to a special opportunity for you to win some Beats Solo headphones during this launch period of Startup Lifehacks. This offer only lasts until October 5th, so it's better to act now. All you need to do is go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate and review. That's it. I'll be choosing a random winner and will announce it on my website at startuplifehacks.com. And as always, stay positive and keep grinding.